Hey Solomon, this is J. Rosemary. Are you tired of feeling overwhelmed and alone? I know when my children were younger, there was a lot of times I felt alone. That's why I started Solomon's Talk, this podcast. But you're not alone. You don't have to parent alone. And I, I keep repeating it because it's something that it seems we are convinced that we are alone. But reach out to me. I'm here for you. I can talk you through anything that's going through your mind. Because believe me, I've gone through some stuff. You can tell from listening to these podcasts that I empathize with you. And I understand and can connect with what's happening with you. So click the link below and book a one-on-one with me. We could just chat. Uh, No obligation, no... um, no commitment, just chat. And so don't parent alone. Click the link below and book a, book a chat with me. And no obligation, confidential and safe place to talk about you. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Psalm 127.3 Tired, weary, frustrated, What would you be doing if you weren't raising children alone? What's stopping you from living your best life now? On Solar Mom's Talk, I discuss with solar mothers the challenges you face raising children alone. So if you're a working solar mom dealing with independent children, insensitive bosses, weight and health issues, or even debt collectors, Join us as we discover your path to get and stay healthy, increase your income, and live with joy and purpose. In this battle of life, it's hard to keep your head above the water. So win this fight. Before today's guest even started having her own children, she saw the need to wrap her arms around other people's gifts. As a social worker, Debbie Osborne saw the trauma that children in the juvenile court system experience, and she wanted to help. Debbie is the author of Raising Other People's Children, What Being a Foster Parent Taught Me About Bringing Together a Blended Family. Uh, welcome, Debbie. And I want to know everything. <laughs> so, all first right. of all, why? How did you get into you know adopting while you're still single? Well, it's I, I started out after college as a social worker. My uh, parents had been very heavily involved in their their church youth programs, and and I had been involved in helping them with those programs and and with camps. My mother, um, while I was in college, had a job in a uh, juvenile detention facility, and we did a lot of volunteer work down there. And I'm sorry, I meant meant foster. Sorry. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. I I did adopt later, but I started out as as foster parent. Um, So when I got out of college, it was just sort of a natural trends, um, a, a natural uh, progression to mm-hmm. uh, work, you know, it, to plug into my mom's network and end up as a social worker working with a juvenile court in one of the metro Atlanta counties. 
And so I was um, I was a, a court probation officer dealing with truants and runaways and family issues and those kind of things that came before the, uh, the juvenile court. And I would follow up with them as a, as a probation officer. But as always happens with kids, it was very much a lot of social work involved in it because kids mm-hmm. don't run away from home. Um, for for no reason at all. Um, the the days of running away to join the circus are <laughs> not. Uh, you know, we, we don't do that anymore. Right. So um, I just s- started seeing the need, and when I I burned out as a social worker and went to law school and stayed involved in the fields to some degree, doing volunteer work, and I, I worked as a weekend group parent, uh, um, a house parent at a, at a group home uh, near my law school. And when I um, came out of law school and, and sort of got st- stabilized in a job, um, I, I just, I knew what the need was. And I knew that because of my work as a social worker, I had skills and could handle uh, working with some of these kids. At least I thought I could. I I had no idea what I was getting myself into, <laughs> but um, I, I was young and unafraid, I think is the way the song goes. So, um, it, yeah, it, it was just sort of a natural sort of um, progression because I, I enjoyed my job and it, it uh, gave me a lot of satisfaction, but I, I just felt like it was fairly selfish of me to not be doing more with the resources and skills that I had. And um, I I worked in Virginia for a while and and worked there as a um, volunteer emergency foster parent was the program, BEFC. And um, what that was, was um, I, I would provide weekend respite care for families that just needed a break from a, a severely traumatized child. And the other part of it was when the social worker, caseworker, would get a child in and they had to have somewhere right then and right. to get them stabilized and safe until they could find a long-term placement. And that just sort of worked with, at that point, it worked with my legal um, requirements of my job and um then when I, I moved to North Carolina with my criminal prosecution job, I started out again doing the respite care and the emergency care and just sort of gradually got sucked into <laughs> doing long-term care. Yeah, well, <laughs> so. it's, interest, it's interesting to note that, uh, I mean, there are a lot of social workers, uh, but I'm right. sure there are not a lot of social workers who um, whose heart go out so much out to these children that they actually want to love them, right? right? They just want to do their work, their job, the best way they know how. They don't want to take them home. And well, it, it it when you spend all day doing that, the last thing you want to do is have right. to do it when right. you get home. No, so exactly. I, yeah. I would never have signed up as a foster care while I was a. Uh, I never signed up for foster care while I was a social worker. Mm-hmm. I. You, I just to have combined my personal life and my work life to that degree would have I would have burned out much sooner and and it would have been overwhelming. So uh, it was only when I had a different job that I had the resources to to take on foster care. 
Yes. Uh, I understand that, that you, it's hard to take your work home, no matter how you feel. Right. But, but you didn't let it go is what I'm trying to say. And, and oh, I, right. I, I think that's really admirable. You didn't just say, well, I'm done with that now. I'm, now I'm a lawyer and that's what I want to do. You, you still, I mean, it takes somebody special. I'm accept it, please. <laughs> it, you know, I <laughs> have three you. sons that I raised practically on my own. <laughs> So I accept right. that you went out looking for it. And even after working in the system, I've had some, you know, experience with the system. Not a lot, right. but a little bit. And young kids running away from home and getting into trouble is a problem in itself. But I, I have to, I'm, I'm going to give you props that, you know, I'm so Thank happy you. that there's someone like you out there um, being a single mom. Uh, I know what it's like to, you know, to need your kids needing someone to love them. So I appreciate that. Right. And yeah. And 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 thank you. I, I it just it just seemed a, a good fit at the time. I I have always enjoyed working with kids. Um, in one sense, you know, my biological clock never went off. I've I've never been a person who works well with babies, mm-hmm. so I never felt like I was missing anything by not mm-hmm. having children of my own. Um, I'm because I was single for so long. I'm very very close to my brother's kids and my sister's kids, mm-hmm. and um, I I told my I told my brother and sister on several occasions that um, I loved their children, but until they started talking. They were pretty boring. And so I just am, I, I'm, you know, I'm not a baby person. They're, they're cute and they're adorable, but not very interesting. So um, I, I tend to gravitate towards kids when they get old enough to argue with me and talk <laughs> back and express their opinion about things. So it was it just was sort of a natural fit to work with um, older kids. And so that Again, it was it was part of my my personality to mm-hmm. um, to 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 for that fit and and I and I appreciate your you're saying it 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 takes a special person. I, I tend to resist that because to me it, it's just like I, I I cannot imagine my life without my children. So I I just don't know what else I would have done. It just sort of makes a. Uh, normal it, it just it just seemed normal to me at yes, the time yes um, well that's good uh, and I know you you enjoyed it you must have but what has been the biggest challenge in in just raising other people's kids oh I think um dealing with the trauma that okay. that happened before I got there and the um uh the the experiences of it. when I first started doing foster care it was 25 years ago and we didn't know as much about mm-hmm. trauma and adverse childhood experiences then as we do now mm-hmm. and it it was uh, it's still hard even though we, we know more about trauma it's still hard to to differentiate to, to make a difference know when the kid is won't do something and when they can't do something and knowing when to push them and and when to let things be. And so helping children uh, overcome that trauma and, um, was, was big part of it. Um, the, uh, the other part that I think took me a while to realize is that from the child's perspective, I was not supposed to be in their life. 
Um, I, in my book, my, my first chapter is titled, I'm not the person who's supposed to be there. And that's because if the, the world worked the way it should, um, I wouldn't know those kids. They would be at home with their biological family and, Mm -hmm. and kids instinctively want an intact biological family. And so, um, as a foster parent and then later as a step parent, thank goodness, by the time I became a step parent, I, I had realized this, um, the, the kids did not want me to replace their biological parent and they, they weren't going to accept me as mm-hmm. a replacement. Um, I could be a friend, I could be a mentor, I could be a special part of their life, but I could not replace their parents and I could not protect them from their mm-hmm. biological parents. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's the hardest part. I see a lot of step parents and foster parents trying to protect kids from their yeah. parents. And and I've had that argument with caseworkers before. They, they would say, well, is, is this kid's parent um, a good influence on them? And my answer would be, well, no, but what does that matter? <laughs> they're, they're the kid's parents. Yeah. And as soon as the kid ages out, they're going to go straight to that parent. And, uh, you know, the best thing we can do is is try to help them have as healthy a relationship as they can with that person. Yes. Yeah, that's that's an issue that come up with co-parenting. So (laughs) I understand that fully. Yes. So. Yes, it, it does. Yeah. And and that's why um, when I when I talk about my book, Raising Other People's Children, the the subtitle is what foster parenting taught me about step parenting, mm-hmm. because I, I did the foster parenting first and I and I was the a solo foster parent. Um, mm-hmm. It was just me. Um, and I I. I made most of my mistakes before I became a step parent. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, the, the old saying that an expert is someone who has made a lot of mistakes in a very small, narrow niche. Yes. <laughs> that I, I made a lot of mistakes when I started out because there, there wasn't a manual. There was no one to tell me about some of these things. I know it. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to talk about your book in a bit, but I wanted to um, merge the foster parenting with the step parenting because step parenting is a very, you know, it's a big topic with single moms. Mm-hmm. You know, it is. so yeah. So, um, what what has your experience been as a step parent? First, I guess you had some experience with. The foster parenting, but merging families. I mean, how did that work for you? It, it's it's very difficult um, for me. The step parenting um, was was it was not too difficult because the children accepted me, okay, and um, bonded with them, and, and that was nice. Um, and and again, I didn't I didn't push them to accept me as a parent because mm-hmm. I had learned not to do that already. Mm-hmm. The um, the most difficult part of both foster parenting and step parenting is dealing with the biological parents, and um, because particularly in, in foster parenting and, and in my situation, I didn't have a toxic biological parent to deal with, but I did have that experience in uh, foster parenting, so I, I can sympathize with with folks who have a 
a toxic stepmother, um, you know, biological moms who, who are dealing with um, dad's crazy new mm-hmm. wife. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I just, I have been there and it, it's difficult. Um, you know, I, I know what it is to just sit at night and think, oh, God, can you just please make her disappear? I, I, I don't want anything bad to happen to her. <laughs> I don't want, you know, I, it, it's not that I, I just, just, mm-hmm. can, can she just, find somebody else and go wandering off and, yeah. you know, mess up somebody else's lives instead of my kids' lives. Um, so I, 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 I have been there and I, and I understand that that usually is the biggest challenge is okay. um, dealing with the, and, and figuring out everybody's place in right. this blended family. Right. Well, you seem to have a healthy way of approaching it anyway. So that, that, that's all, that's always good. So, <laughs> well, and and I I realize you know we've got Mother's Day and Father's Day coming up, and and I I joke about how um, my my attitude whenever the kids you know they, they always um, would forget me on Mother's Day because I'm not their mother. They have a biological mother, and mm-hmm. um, it, it, sometimes they would remember and sometimes they wouldn't. Um, and I, I used to have the attitude of well you're, you know you're the adult in the room so just suck it up and move on. Um, now I'm, I, I realize that, you know, it is a loss. You, you do need mm-hmm. to give yourself some time to grieve and think about it and, and then be the adult in the room and suck it up and move on. <laughs> because you, yeah. you have a job, regardless of what your feelings are, you have a job to do. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Uh, so tell me about this book that you wrote. Um, I realize we have to pre-order it, but Talk about that and tell us how we can okay. get it. Um, it's, it is available on pre-order at, at Amazon and, and uh, Walmart and Barnes & Noble. Most um, booksellers um, will have it. It's called Raising Other People's Children. Mm-hmm. And the subtitle is What Foster Parenting Taught Me About um, Bringing Together a Blended Family. Because um, a lot of people, we, we tend to not, realize how similar foster parenting and step parenting can be. Um, you, you look at how many children are growing up in um, blended families or the product of divorce. And I, I, I will never um, second guess anyone's decision to divorce. I, I just there, there's too many reasons that, that people, uh, you know, safety reasons or health reasons or any number of other reasons. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes in the process of, of not judging people, we forget that whether it's it's warranted or not, whether it's a good reason or not, the children still suffer trauma. The um, Adverse Child Experiences study that came out in, in the late 1990s uh, measured um, divorce as w- one of the um, adverse childhood experiences that, that causes problems for kids. So I, I, I think we can um, come to a place of, of not passing judgment on the parents, but still recognize that our children are suffering and we need to um, recognize that and, and help deal with it. So yeah. that that is, is um, one of the things. And then um, if we are in a relationship, we need to you know, I, I keep saying that, that when I was a single foster parent, and, and I um, I will always defend single parents. It's a tough job, and, and you do the best 
the, the best that you can. And there's all sorts of tips that I'm sure you've told your people. Find a safety net. Get people to help you. Um, don't try to do everything all by yourself. But at the end of the day, it it it, it is just you there as the adult to deal with it. But I also realized that one of the things that I was never able to model for, for my foster children was a healthy relationship. They Living with me, they never saw a healthy relationship from the inside because I wasn't involved in any relationships. And so I think that, that when you do have a healthy relationship, you need to show the kids how to hang on to it and how to take care of it and how to, to um, nurture it. Yes. and how to make that a priority. Yes, definitely. Oh, thank you. And um, you have a website as well that you want to share that? Um, yes, it is. Probably the easiest one, since since my name is, is spelled funny, is just um, go to raisingotherpeopleschildren.com, and um, that's the, the site for the book, and then um, it will lead you to my blog, which is otherpeopleschildren.org, and and other writings that I have about um, working on this. And, um, and and again, how when you're the only adult around, how you can um, at least not spectacularly fail. <laughs> you can. You can. <laughs> you, you can. <laughs> yeah. Trial and error, isn't it? it? It is always trial and error. Fortunately, you know, you don't have to be a perfect parent. For your kids, they 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 are resilient, and um, you know sometimes the best that you can do is good enough. And what is Debbie grateful for today? Oh, I'm grateful for my kids. Um, like I said, I cannot imagine my life without them, and and it, it, it has not been easy. Of, of the seven kids um, that my husband and I share. Um, two of them are estranged for, for reasons that we can't fix and can't control. And so there's always that um, sadness. But that's a risk you take when you raise kids. Um, but even even with those kids, um, you know, you, you, you still can, can care about them and hope they find happiness. But there were good times that I would, would not trade in for anything. I wanted to ask you one more question. You you talked a lot about your experience, but I want you to give maybe just one one piece of advice you you'd give to somebody who was thinking about either foster care, you know, you know, um taking care of somebody else's child or who is entering or is having problems in a blended family situation. Well, I think the, the first piece, uh, the main piece of advice that, that I would give is to take stock of, of what level of commitment you can make and that you can stick with. Mm-hmm. Because um, one of the points that I make is, is commitment is stronger than love. It is not enough to love your partner and to care about their children and, and to love the children. Um, it, it, as you know, in, in adult relationships, there there are nights when I've gone to bed thinking, what have I gotten myself into? But by golly, I said I would do this and and I will do this. And mm-hmm. and and that 
that keeps me going until I can remember why I'm in love, you know. Um, so just sticking with your commitments and knowing that with children, the commitments are all one way, that they will never be grateful enough. They will never understand the sacrifices you make for them. They will never, um, not until they're adults and, and have walked in your shoes, but, but, um, uh, while you're raising them, they're, they're just clueless. And to some degree they're supposed to be, you know, yeah, if, if they start yeah. worrying too much about adult things, we call that neglect. So yeah. just understand that the commitment is it's, it's going to be one way between you and the kids and it, it's going to be heavy lifting, but um, that you just have to go into it, expecting that and being willing to, make those sacrifices. You have to take care of yourself and you have to set healthy boundaries and you have to do all of those things. But at the end of the day, you just have to be willing to, to give and commit and maybe or maybe not get something in return. Yes. Thank you very much. So not a lot different from being a parent, really, no, right? No, it's just, okay. it's just, it is just harder with kids Mm-hmm. That you don't have that natural biological urge to love. Yes, gotcha. I, I would just say that, that to, to folks who are looking at being a foster parent or a step parent um, or, or, and single parents, um, that if I can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, Thank you for your time. I, I realized that I kept you for 20 minutes and um, I would have loved to go on a little longer. I will put the name of your book and your website in the show notes. So uh, that book sounds interested. I would, interesting. I wouldn't mind reading it. So thank you, Debbie Osborne, for thank talking you. to us today. I appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for your time. Sure. Wow. Did you enjoy this episode? If you want to, drop me an email or leave a comment and let me know what you think. I want to reduce the number of solar moms in the world. I made this and other declarations in my new ebook, The Solar Mom Manifesto. It's yours free when you click the link below. Also, if you confirm your email, you will receive a full audio version right in your inbox. Remember, you don't have to parent alone. Click the link below and get your free copy of the Solar Mom Manifesto today. Hello, Solar Moms. As a Solar Mom of three adult sons, I understand the challenges you face on a daily basis. As a mentor, My mission is to help you shift your mindset and empower you to take control of your life. To see yourself as God sees you. I know that unresolved trauma can be a heavy burden to carry and parenting alone can be a lonely journey. But it doesn't have to be that way. I want you to know that you are not alone. You have the strength and resilience to overcome your challenges and create the life you desire. I want to help you to make the effort to tackle unresolved trauma and change your perspective so you can live the life you deserve. 
I offer complimentary consultation where we can discuss how to move forward, create a plan to help you heal and empower you. You can schedule a consultation by emailing me at jen at jrosemarie.com or by calling plus one, 917-994-1329 or schedule a consultation with the link below. I am here for you and I want to help you take the first step towards healing and empowerment. Don't let unresolved trauma hold you back any longer. Don't parent in silence. So take action today and let's work together to empower you to live the life you desire.